up, what's up, what's up, everybody? I know it's been far too long since you heard my lovely voice in your earphones. This may be your friend, this may be your phone, I don't know, but this is Shayla Wynn, and this is the long-awaited return to Cosines and Tangents. Ah, so what have I been up to? Won't you like to know? There's been so much going on in your girl's life. Um, it all started, I had this beautiful plan. It started November 5th, 2001. I was going to Nashville to celebrate my beautiful cousin, Jenny BB, and her birthday with a friend of ours, Tom Tom. And we had wonderful plans. We had a great day. We had a great weekend. We ate food. We drank a little bit. I had soju for the first time. I flirted with a random, beautiful, light-skinned musician in Nashville because I had my fluffy, fluffy Jill Scott going up a mountain wig. And, you know, I was just feeling good. I was feeling optimistic. I was like, oh, I'm going to talk about my podcast. I'm going to do an episode of my podcast. And also... It's gonna be great. I had all these plans and preparations. I wrote notes and had everything ready for y'all. And then, you know, still great times. I was like, I'm going home to my hometown to visit my mother and my two brothers and my father's ashes and the house that I grew up in just for a week. I'm gonna work from home and also provide any help that I can to my lovely family. Those were the plans. Did some of that come true? Yes. Did other things happen? Oh, hell yeah. Will I tell you about it? Sure. But first, I want to just finish out Nash Vegas. Nash villain. Um, Nash boo-boo. I don't know. I'm just making up corny terms. But I had this opportunity to see the illustrious, ethereal, the one, the only, Erica Badu. Was she late? Yes, she was. Um, was she great? Oh yeah, yeah she was. Her voice sounded like I was being touched by the angels. High, high angels and wearing Arby's hats. It was wonderful. She just, her voice just echoed throughout the amphitheater and I felt like I was on cloud nine. I I have a recording of it. I might try to put it on there. I don't know, we'll see. Um, add the flag. Anyway. Um, but it was great. Um, I was with my cuz, my other cuz cuz, um, Tom Tom and Jin Jin, and we had a great time. Uh, we drank a little bit, we talked a little bit, we uh, end up buying pouton of crystals because we were exhausted and hungover, and we ate crystals cold. They were very cold, but I ate them, dry throat and all. Or was it white capsule? Anyway, I digress. But um, it was great. And then the next day, we are leaving the wonderful hotel that was literally maybe two blocks from the strip of Nashville and just said our goodbyes as I drove my little Kia, my little black Kia. I used to call her Pam or BDB, you know, Pam. Get it? Anyway, but you have to think too much that it wasn't funny. But I called her Kiki, BDB, Pam. So I drove my little Pam down the road to Memphis, Tennessee. Got home, hugged my family. And I walk in, just the house being a mess. I'm like, Ellie, why the house is a mess? Well, you know, I'm like, you know, it's cool, it's cool. I'm gonna be here for a week. Then I come back to my space and get a chance to, you know, relax and be calm and enjoy my life. 
Not really. Um, things were messed up. I felt like my family was living in a state of exhaustion, you know, depression, still going through grief over the loss of my father. And mind you, I've been going through grief, but I know I've been doing counseling and looking at ways to actually process that grief and work through it. And I think I've been doing pretty well. I, like, I miss my dad, like, thinking about him. I just, I get kind of bleary and teary-eyed because I'm like, dang, just if he could see me now, I know he'll be so proud. <laughs> I know he'll be really proud of me. Um, because a couple of things I'm going to mention in the fort, in the end, because I'm trying to go in chronological order, but y'all ain't here for the, what's the word I'm looking for? The linear thought processes of someone who thinks that way. I am a diatribe having bitch. I don't think like you normal people do. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. So anyway, um, I'm back in Memphis and I am just, you know, enjoying family time. I am working throughout the, the, the nights because I work night shifts. I have a new job. I don't even know if I talked about that yet, but I have a new job where I work nights and it actually works better for my mind, um, my mental state. Um, I enjoy nights better. I'm not a morning person. It's just with my previous position, I just, I think it was more mentally, I was just not there for that position anymore. Just, I could not function it was not doing well it was not conducive even though the job was great it had great benefits co-workers were cool management was all right they were trying it's just the job didn't breathe any life into me and i, I needed that so i needed a change um so anyway i digress a whole bunch uh, <coughs> excuse me so i um got a new job and i've been working there all night so i brought my computer home working at night um, and we're, you know, just the house is just so cold because it's an old house built in the 40s. Maybe even get proper built in the 40s. And it's just, I've just noticed that there's just work that needs to be done. And so with me being the extremely, when I'm, there's two different, there's so many types of Sana. There's the laid back Sana, there's the quirky Sana, there's the goofy Sana, but there's also the boss ass bitch Sana. And boss ass bitch Sana showed up in Memphis and she just could not deal with being uncomfortable. And so boss ass bitch Sana, uncomfortable is a bitch. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm gonna get shit done. You know, I'm no, I'm not in by any means rich, wealthy, but I've, been working with money and having a better relationship with money so I was like you know what I am going to get some of these things fixed in the house but before that situation happened family happened and there was a very very Memphis moment in my household that resulted in me and my brother getting into a very very loud very 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 ghetto very real very hard conversation which wasn't even a conversation it was just me yelling at him and he I saw I saw a side of him that I didn't know that reached my mother which to me was unacceptable like I've seen him yell at me I've seen him yell at my brothers um I've seen him yell at my my parents but not to them like it wasn't to their faces like they weren't who they were like I've, we've always grown up with this level of reverence and protection, at least of my mother, this I felt that I did. That I'm like, nothing, no harm should come to the mom. You're like, you don't uh, getting, don't you don't provide any harm to your mother, vice versa. You don't let anything happen to your mother. So that was my uh, my mindset. And to see him yell and scream at my mother 
um, in the way that he did took me to a whole nother level of just anger that not not a lot of people get to see. I call that Memphis Santa. Memphis Santa is a ghetto-ass bitch and she won't let anyone fuck with her. Not a lot of people got sees, see that in my everyday life because I don't, I don't carry that with me. Um, the people who can bring that out of me is my family because I'm extremely protective and I am also very territorial and I'm very loving and you mix those those three combined you get a female that would rip your face off <laughs> anyway so just to talk more about the, the altercation with my brother like I see my older brother because he's used to it they lived together for years I see my older brother just looking at him just like well this is another day in the world this is how he acts and I have not been privy to these to these level of anger and vitriol that he could spit when he is high and drunk and yeah I'm putting his business out there Hell, everybody should know you, I don't know who don't know if you do but you do know now but if you if you have a family you have a person in that family that could be the 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 toxic one the, the manipulative one the one who drinks the one who has alcohol drug problems everyone has that so you know I'm being honest and very candid but anyway, so we have this altercation. He looks like he's about to hit me, but I'm not finna flinch. I ain't no bitch, you know, that's in my head. I ain't no bitch, you ain't, I'm not scared of you. I get in his face, shit you not, a 40 year old man. I said, do you think I'm scared of you? I'm not scared of you. I'm more scared of what I have the, the capacity to do at this time. I'm like, do I hurt him and risk him hurting me? And then my family hurts me, hurts them or selves? I don't know. I just think it's like, one, my daddy wouldn't want us to be fighting like this. And two, I'm like, I could take him. <laughs> I'm like, legit, I think I could take this little motherfucker. I will go out swinging. But it, it didn't come to those blows, thank God. But there's also parts that I won't put on here that I wish I would have just punched him in the face. I feel like sometimes violence is not the answer, but sometimes violence is definitely the fucking answer. But I didn't. Um, but there were some things that happened, like I ended up missing my car and and then a long trial and tribulations of that winded me. I don't, I don't like to use stuck. Because when I think about things retrospectively, I always try to look at things in those in different perspectives. Like at a in the present, the perspective is of a lots of trauma, um, familial trauma, um, financial trauma, car shit, life shit, mental shit. So it's all a configure, uh, just a configuration of just you know shit is happening, and so. But now that I think in, think of it in retrospect, I'm like, I wasn't stuck. I was there for a reason. I actually joke with my brother late now about, bruh, like, if you really wanted me to stay, all you had to do was ask instead of yelling at me. But, you know, it is what it is. So the car situation takes months to get fixed. Like, I am paying out the ass for rental cars because we don't, uh, my family doesn't have a vehicle. My brother's house um floods for the third time in the in the row and it's like bro why don't y'all take care of y'all shit like i just don't understand um our house is has a possible carbon monoxide problem that we've just been living with <clears throat> that i come out in my pocket to fix 
um, I come out of pocket to fix a lot of things because one, Say Say does not like to be uncomfortable and the house was freezing. <laughs> the water, the water heater broke. The, 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 uh, the floor was collapsing under the weight of people who's been using the bathroom for 30 and 40 plus years or longer than that because my parents are there since when, anyway, sorry. So it's, it's almost 80 year old house. So it's a lot of things that we have to do. And so I take it upon myself to get things fixed because again, don't like to be uncomfortable. If I see there is a problem, I want to fix it. And two, I'm like, why don't, and three, excuse me, why the fuck not? It needs to be done and I have those capabilities. And I feel like that house will one day will be partly mine. So why not invest into that home? And then come to find out we were behind on some other financial issues. I take care of that because at this time, considering that one house, my brother's house is in uh, uninhabitable. This is the only place that we have to reside that I'm not gonna be like sitting in a house that's gonna fall apart or something dramatic and tragic will happen. So I reach into my pocketbook, not lying that thickly, but it's, it's decent. After I left my previous position, I have some cash flow. I take that cash flow. I use it to improve the lives of not only my life, but the lives of my family, I hope. But all the while, I'm trying not to be a person of um, pettiness, even though I can't help it. But I noticed in our family, the dynamic is like, okay, if you got the money, you can do this or do that. Or you feel like that. You feel that if you have the financial means, then you can be a little bit lackadaisical, I guess. I, I don't know. Or a little bit, not lazy, I don't say lazy, but you can, be, it's a different dynamic. So I, I felt that coming in. I'm like, man, I am working. Um, there's like two out of the three children are not working. One person is actually take, helping to take care of my mom a lot more full time. But considering I was coming out of the pocket with a lot of the things that needed to help financially, I was like, hey, family member, I need you to get a job. Like. ASAP. I need financial capabilities as well because finance is unfortunately the way the world works and not only way we can eat. And he was like, all right. Um, and he got in there, you know. And then the other, my other brother started to falter. And I'm like, well, we ain't finna falter today, goddammit. You finna get up and help him find a job. Cause that's just. I can't be the only, I can't be the only nigga working, you know. My mama worked her years. She cool. She got her little check coming in. We can't live off that. Why, why don't we have a sense of, um, sense of urgency when things happen? Like, I look at my brothers and the, the situation with their home. I'm like, bruh, this is y'all's home. You knew shit will happen the last two years. Maybe the, this year could happen again. But anyway, as you can see, this is a little bit of a rant session because I've been gone for so long and I feel like I need to get it off my chest. But, um, but yeah, so where I left off. But throughout that time, though, I'm not just using this to be lamenting my position as the baby grown child. You know, I'm the baby of the family, but I'm, I feel like a head boss bitch of the family. I ain't gonna lie. I'm a, I'm a go-getter. And so I felt a little bit more privileged in that way. So I, I'll be honest. I felt privileged in the ability to be like, bro, I'm doing this and that, this and that. Then why can't you do this and this and that? And I tried not to lord that or lord my position, but I know it has a little effect. But I, but I still tried to make sure to use the best, the best of this time. 
Like I purposely stayed away last year for a full year just because 2020 for me and other people in the world was some traumatic ass shit. Like I cried, I didn't even really cry. I felt broken emotionally and mentally and sometimes spiritually broken because it was just so much going on. I was pulled in a lot of different directions. I was trying to work. Then I was also trying to be the main caregiver for my mom. My brothers were there, but they weren't there uh, 24-7. So it was hard. So a lot of it fell on me. And I felt my mind started to fracture. And what I mean is that I would have moments of disassociation where I did not know things were real. That's when I knew I was getting bad. I would have dreams that felt so real that I thought it was when I woke up, I couldn't tell you which one was real for a while. Like, I, it was a literal struggle. And I knew, I was like, okay, I have to get help. In 2020, I went to get therapy, and that literally probably saved my life because I was having um, suicidal ideations where I just didn't want to be in the world anymore. I was like, if I go to sleep, if I don't wake up, or if I fall asleep, then so be it. You know, I lived a good life. And I knew that was not really how I felt because I've always wanted to die very old <laughs> or die very spectacularly like in a volcano or saving a child or children from an orphanage or some crazy shit or like falling off a big ass cliff I don't know anyway I don't want any of those to happen for real it's just you know you always want to die either very exhausted or extremely cool but anyway but the time that I spent in the last three months, almost really three months with my family, there were some great moments. There was a lot of laughter. It was some tears. The the week that my car situation happened in the, the it was actually a couple of days and the argument that I had with my brother, I somehow physically hurt my knee where it was just, it was awful. Like it was, I was in so much pain. And it pain for me is like, a physical representation of how I am feeling mentally. Like I can avoid mental pain by pushing it in the background, but when you're in physical pain and mental pain, they're both to me are running congruently and it is something, it's inescapable. I cannot escape it. And so I think that moment really broke me again. Like I remember walking into my mom's room, limping and just, tears running down my face like I couldn't even hold it back like they were just flowing down my face and I and my mom she's had an amputation she's doing good she's so cute with Afra but um she I laid I was sleeping in her room I laid on the side that my dad used to sleep on and I said mom I am broken like I am broken if she comes over and she's in her 70s and she's like it is okay and she, I'm like start crying think about this she says okay and she's just rubbing my knee and I was like I just want y'all to be happy I just want y'all to live a good life and I just want you guys to thrive and when I I just I get so passionate because I see you guys not thriving and it breaks my heart that because I feel like when I live by myself, I have my own apartment, I have washer and dryer, I have a car, and these are things that some people have that a lot of people don't, and it's a fucking luxury, and I just cried, and I was like, felt 
just after the argument with my brother, I just felt betrayed. Cause like me and him have always been the closest cause we're both the youngest. And, but me and my older brother are more close. And I just felt so betrayed and so hurt and just so broken and so abused by him that I was just like, I just couldn't do it. I was like, I can't do this anymore. And my mom looked me in my eye. She said, it's okay. You can go home when you can go home and just live your life. And that, no lie, it's just to me that you could just, that's like the most selfless thing to tell somebody. And like to be a mom is just the most selfless thing. Cause I know she wants me home. Um, she like, cause we're the, cause I'm her only girl, I'm her only daughter. A lot of her family is no longer around. She's very much an introvert. She does not really want a lot of people in her in her space. But I know we get along so well and that after she lost her sister, she always calls me by her sister's name and I know she misses having that female energy. And so I know that was good, but I feel like she just like wants me home, but she is like, girl, don't sacrifice your life just to try to make us better and happy. And I was like, okay. And like, so I've been keeping it in the back of my mind as a way of pushing myself and not wanting to get stuck because I love my family more than anything. We've always been just a, such a close knit family. And to know that um, she was she's okay with me living my life felt good. And it's just, she was just rubbing my knee. It's just okay. And I was just wiping the tears and I just, cry like I think I cried for not only like that moment but it was just a lot of tears and energy that I was able to let go and just from that point on I just kept that in mind I'm just like I'm just I will do what I can but I don't have to give my whole everything you know because there's has to be boundaries and boundaries with my family has always been the hardest thing that I've to, to sit like because I'm a giver I would give you everything if I could um but then also be like but how am I gonna get my shit that I want <laughs> but I just know that I'll, I I just love my family and I'll do anything for them but and they'll do anything for me and I saw that but I just know that sometimes you you just you, you just have to be selfish and I want my mom to have those selfish moments. And I feel bad because I didn't get a chance to take her to the casino. Because one, I got sick. Two, the car got messed up. Three, there's an ice storm in Memphis. Like, I was going to take her on Friday. Whole ice storm. And then I was like, I have to get back to Chad. Uh, to to Chad. Oh, you know, early. Chattanooga. I had to get back to Chattanooga so I could start, you know, living in a house that I've been paying rent for the last three months. I was like, I just can't do this for another month. And I packed up, I made sure, and I got on the road, and I got home on last Saturday. <sighs> Jesus. There's so much shit that happened in between that thing, but I know that I, one, it was a hard time, but a good time. And it was needed after spending a year away from family, coming back and being able to spend such a long time. So I'm thankful for these remote, my remote job that I'm able to work and to be able to, you know, be with family and do all that good stuff. I just want a time though, when I come back to, um, my bad, I burped, I'm gonna try to take it out, but 
I'm about to burp again. But I just want a time where I can just come home and it is just cool. You know, it's just fun. Every time I come home for the last what, five years, six years, it's just been a clusterfuck. Just been a clusterfuck of fuckery and fuckery and fuckery, but life. But there's always some good stuff in between. But the last few times I come home, friend dad died, daddy died. Uh, mama gets COVID. Mama gets an amputated toe. Gets very sick over and over again. Multiple surgeries. But the one thing I do, I always try to do, is change the perspective. Especially with the mom situation. Oh, auntie died. Shit, I forgot. Lord, that hit me hard. Because auntie, my auntie was like my second mom. She was so cool. So sweet. And that's the, that's the uh, last of my mom's brothers and sisters. So she's the last of her Malikans. Matt, last of the Malikans. And I hope that's not racist, but if it is, I do apologize. I'm pretty sure it might be. Anyway, she's the last of her people. And so I hate that for her. Of her brothers and sisters. We have plenty of other family, but still. Oh, whew, Lord have mercy. That was a long, um, that was about 25 minutes there. You're welcome. Um, I had a plan to start back doing the podcast when I got back um but what had happened was I started doubting myself and I got also busy with the book that I published or co-wrote with one of my friends from college her name is Ogechi and we're going to actually talk about the book soon um we're going to talk about the book um I have another person I want to talk about his book he wrote a book as well um the name of our book is The Adventures of Ada in Nigeria we wrote a book and a companion workbook so uh, what what I'm so excited about that and he wrote a love letter to mental health um and it is a great book I have to have him on and he's been so understanding because he is a therapist so he understands the need that uh, that what I was going through he didn't know I don't think he knew the exact extent of everything I was going through but he knew enough that I just didn't have the mental capacity to to hold space for him and I'm thankful for Thomas for giving me that time I'm gonna put his name out there on Fresh Street because I'm gonna talk to him eventually on this podcast about his awesome book so um but yeah I wrote a book with a friend of mine I wrote technically two books really and it's out and we've been pubbing that since January, um, shoot, been public for a minute now, but it's just, it's like we finally gave birth to our baby that we've made together, and her name is Ada, and she goes on adventures in Africa, and the thing that we wanted, the purpose of this book, we wanted people and children to, we wanted parents and children, uh, not only black children, but especially black children, to see Africa for what it is, and not for what American or Western culture decides that we should see of Africa because I know growing up in you know in this the public school systems probably in any school system really I didn't see Africa as a place that I wanted to be unfortunately I was like and we didn't value Africanness we we looked down on Africanness we called African people or dark-skinned people African booty scratcher like what the hell like that's just so messed up and as now as a 30 year old woman I see that Africa is a rich and beautiful place and I want kids and their parents alike to, to learn more about that because we all know what's going on with the American school system. They don't give a fuck about uh, critical race theory. I know I wrote a children's book and I curse like a sailor, I'm sorry. But they don't care about critical race theory, social studies, 
anything. They just really want our kids to do reading, reading, writing, and arithmetic, and it is stifling our children, and it's just frustrating. So God willing, I have have kids, knock on the wood. I'm probably gonna be homeschooling them babies and teaching them all about the real things that our world has to offer. America is a great place. <laughs> it's a great place, but it has a very fractured and fraudulent history that I think in order for us to move forward, we have to we have to embrace reconcile with the trials and the tribulations and the traumas and the atrocities that America has done in order to move forward. We are just sitting there's other countries that have issues with uh, with issues with uh, colonialism, like Australia and New Zealand. They actually have an apology day set to apologize to indigenous cultures. Are they still problems? Yes, but I feel like at least that's one step. America ain't apologize for shit, and they won't apologize for shit. But anyway, um, so. Oh my God, I went on a, uh, I'm sorry, I went on another tangent, but I, I had plans to speak with another TikToker about black mental health uh, from the male, per- or, or mental health from the male and person of color. And I am very passionate about that because in my previous podcast, as I talked to three black men, um, yeah, so three black men um, about mental health. I, I want to continue that conversation because I saw a TikTok recently where this guy, he said, it, it has been two years since I've seen a push for black male men, uh, mental health and from the person of color perspective. I was like, you know what? He is not lying because there's been a push for black women or women in color, women of color and therapy in general, but there's still not a big push for the mental health and strength and wealth of the black and the PLC male. And and white males probably I don't know I I probably need some white people don't know I want to talk to white men and white women I I just I'm black I like black people I want to talk to black people because why am I there's our culture and our everything has been been surrounded by whiteness so I take president so if you had a problem with that I do not apologize. I get that from America. We don't apologize. So <laughs> anyway, I joke, but not really. Um, but anyway, so what happened was I was feeling very insecure. I was also feeling very run down from just dealing with the, my uh, family dynamic. And I flaked on him. And this is, I am not proud. I do plan on sending him an apology message. And I hope I did not waste any of his time. And I hope that we be able to get to talk with him in the future. Because I went through his TikToks to make sure he wasn't problematic. Because I ain't gonna lie. I saw him. He sounded like he was British. He was really cute. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna listen to what he got to say. And realized, oh, he wasn't a toxic male of color. And he was kind and earnest. And I'm like, I want to talk to more people like that who are kind and earnest and cool. Um, is it a benefit that he's holy ass, whole ass attractive? Yes. But also, why not just talk to people? Um, whew. There's so much that I love that, y'all. Ugh, there was birthdays. I had a great birthday, BT Dubs. Like, um, the first the first day was alright, but I was also kind of um, I was also kind of disappointed because I went out. For, I didn't go all out for my family birthday, my brother's birthday, but I went out. Oh, and I saw Hamilton. Oh my god, I could spend the whole podcast talking about Hamilton. I need to get somebody 
who was on Hamilton or something. I'm going to put that in the universe. Um, I'm just, I'm kind of just putting out my plans for the future of the podcast. Because at first I was like, I'm just going to stop. I'm not going to do nothing. No, I have to move forward. I have to keep going. Oh, I saw, I saw two sweatshirts. Um, that's just, you know, from friends supporting. So I thank you to those people that bought the two sweatshirts. Buy more. They're really cool and it's super cold. And I need to actually buy my own stuff. I am not broke. I just don't be, I just be playing. I don't even know why. And I actually live by trying to live by the message that I put it's called self-care requires sacrifice you have to sacrifice a lot of things in order to take care of yourself you have to sacrifice the things sacrifice the things that you think you were doing to take care of yourself and actually do them like oh eating a whole cake I haven't done that but I ate a lot of cake is what about eat some fruit or a couple of vegetables or take a shower every day because I know in some during the, the time of my depression hygiene got a little lackadaisical I'm being too honest but you know I'm being real because you probably done it too um let's see oh but anyway so the goals that I'm going to actually did a visual board too but anyway so the goals for going forward from this point on is to give myself grace set boundaries with my family and my loved ones to um i want a new haircut and i also want to switch up my style but anyway that's the superficial side but come on we all are um focus more on getting the book out because we plan on starting the second book in the series we're trying to go through every country in africa so we got books on books on books boo and i was on the news too in memphis what w-r-e G channel three baby um check it out look up adventures of Ada and you'll find that there uh, so my website www oh that's too many w's but triple w dot adventures of and then we also have triple w cosines and tangents dot com no dashes no nothing just the right the whole word spelled out but anyway um god I am such a non-linear thinker and I even drive myself crazy so if you can keep up with this you are my people but um but anyway so my my visualization that I'm doing for cosines and tangents is to continue reaching out to different people some of my my cousins want to come back I want to talk to medical professionals um military people musicians I have not had a musician on here so I'm excited about that um I also met another young lady who is writing a book um, of affirmations geared towards the black female so I can't wait to talk with her um we're going to do more work on Adventures of Ada as well her next um location she is going to Kenya so best believe there's going to be some safaris in there also maybe talk about some of the luxury uh things that you can do in Kenya because her mother is a blogger and her dad is a geologist I know right and they're both brown okay brown love black love and we just want to we're going to probably put a little bit more emphasis into the development of the story of the characters and also what we like to do is put a little extra story in our workbook so you're going to get like two you like you get a two books and a, and a workbook so come on you guys just 
look out for that educate yourselves as well as your babies or your nieces nephews or whatever um i'm just i'm just excited so um i had to i made myself do this episode of the podcast because i've been avoiding it and anytime i feel myself avoiding a situation i'm going to try my best to just do it and put it out there and keep on going because once the momentum that's one thing I kept saying to my family is that I felt like on oh, in 2020 I left them with a great ball rolling and to see the ball stop rolling literally after I left breaks my fucking heart so I'm hoping that but thing is I cannot control anyone's actions but my own um I can influence but I can't control so I'm learning that as well but um yeah I hope this made sense I hope you enjoyed 36 to 40 37 to 38 minutes of just listening to me talk and update you guys about what's going on in your girl Santa Wynn's life um I'm looking forward to um hopefully hopefully having um that person from TikTok talk to me and if not I can talk to other people and because that's just a lesson that you have to learn sometimes if you don't do what you say things that you want don't happen so it is what it is but anyway um i think i'm just gonna end it here i love you guys gals non-binary people i love you all always and thank you so much for listening to cosines and tangents bye bye